welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Regan Larson. I'm here with a, as promised, very special guest, my brother, Lucas Larson. So everybody, welcome him. Uh, Lucas, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. You really think I'm, really think I'm special? Mm, that's that special, <laughs> that's special. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, that's my name, Lucas Larson. Uh, I am 23 years old. Brother of Regan and Nick, son of Jeff and Michelle. Mm. Uh, Shout out Jeff and Michelle. Yeah. Born and raised Charlotte, just like Reg. Mm-hmm. Um, now living in Holly Springs, North Carolina, which is just south of Raleigh, uh, with my beautiful and wonderful wife, Maddie. <laughs> Maddie uh, is amazing uh, <laughs> and a blessing and, and mercy of God. Yeah. Um, Amen. We live with our pup piper who might make an appearance if she decides to walk in this room Um, (laughs) and we live in a cute little house that we were just graciously able to purchase Uh, i work for a company up there that makes stuff for robots Mm. i'm a mechanical engineer by trade Mm. Uh, make it sound fancy yeah Uh, yeah so that's me man yeah Yeah, for the people's and uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my shameless plug here and take yep. full credit for introducing Lucas and Maddie. Uh, I was friends with Maddie before she met Lucas. Yep. So that is my claim to fame. Uh, and I take full credit for being the love doctor. It is no lie. <laughs> and so that is my uh, little shameless plug there. Uh, but yeah, Lucas is, man, one of the most important figures in my life. Um, and... It seems like everything that I've done in my life and try to do in my life is a product of trying to be like him, uh, even growing a mustache, but even more so, I, uh, man, just in my faith walk and um, becoming like Jesus, it's pretty, it's always hard, but it makes it a little bit easier to do when you have an example mm. living right next to you doing it. Um, and Lucas has been that for me. And uh, so, yeah, super thankful for him and being able to do this walk together and doing this pod together this episode is uh, a real accumulation of a lot of things Uh, me and lucas always have these super deep conversations about uh, jesus god and faith and what it looks like and everything in between Mm -hmm. uh we just usually don't have a mic in front of us so here we are now with the mic in front of us and uh super stoked to be be able to do it uh, in general, but with each other's even better. And we actually tried to do one over the summer, uh, was going to be a podcast coming out, me and him doing it, but just a really busy time in both of our lives. Uh, we also just filmed this or attempted to film this episode <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Oh man. Uh, and Regan, the, the newbie, newbie Potter. Hey, look, 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 look. I told y'all, you guys are going to be on this journey with me. Because I have no idea what I'm doing. Me and Lucas legit just filmed yep. 30 minutes of a pod. It was no, great. We, no, we we thought we filmed it. Thought we filmed <laughs> it. And it wasn't filming the whole time. So, um, man, again, thank round you for... Two. Round <laughs> two. Yeah, round Here two. Thank you for gracing me with your time. Because I'm obviously undeserving of it. <laughs> but, anyways, getting into the topic of the day. Uh, we're going to be talking about something that I think is... I don't know if it's shied away from, uh, but it's just not talked about a whole lot in the church. Um, Just because it can get confusing or, I don't know, sticky in a way. Yeah. Um, And hard to explain. Um, So, and that is the topic of fearing the Lord. Um, I fear God, homie. (laughs) Lucas, do you know what that's from? Well, you told me before, but I didn't before you told me. You didn't know. But for those of you that don't know listening... There's a video of DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and he's going against this Redskins cornerback. And anyways, they're going at it, chatting up, uh, not saying the best things to each other. And DeAndre Hopkins is just like, I fear God, homie. I fear God, homie. So that is why the title of this podcast is I Fear God, homie. Love it. Um, but going straight into the subject, Lucas, please give us um, a definition of what it mean. We're going to kind of break down this pod into 
what fearing God is, why we should do it, and yeah. how to go about it. Yeah. Um, so it may skirt off into not a whole lot of formality, but bear with us. Um, we're just kind of talking. Um, but yeah, what is what is fearing God? Yeah, man, I think that um, many people have provided really great definitions uh, for what the fear of God is. I think that the Bible even provides its own explanations of what it is. Um, but I love John Piper's sort of summarization of those things and, and what he provides as a definition. So uh, he says that the fear of God is seeing God for who God is, so powerful and so holy and so worthy mm. that you wouldn't dare run away from him. That's good. It's really good. And that ultimately, like to me, means to live in complete awe mm. of God. And Lucas gave me this book um, for Christmas, actually. Um, and it's called Awe by Paul David Tripp. Yeah. Um, really awesome book. You guys should go read it if you enjoy reading um, or <laughs> audio book if you enjoy listening. But, and in this book, he just basically talks about the glory of who God is and the awe of Jesus and, yeah. and God and living in this awe state and I say awe that just means to glorify yeah, him to wonder to, to, to behold yeah, him yeah. Um, so and one thing man that we're talking about it that just completely captures my awe of God is I travel a lot for basketball find myself on a plane <laughs> very often uh, but luckily I, I tend to get a, w a window seat and when I'm, when I'm sitting in this window seat, I'm just gazing outside and whether it be just to be above the clouds or I get to see all the city lights or the pretty sunsets, um, man, my awe of God is always completely captured. Mm. Um, and it's like, I can see so far and, yeah. and then in my head, I'm like, dude, this is what God sees all the time. And then some. And then he also sees me right where I'm at and knows yeah. the hairs on my head, knows exactly what I'm going through, what I'm going to go through, what I've been through, like whatever. And like, he, he just knows it all. He sees it all and he holds it all in the palm of his hand. And I'm moved to tears a lot of times as I'm sitting on these airplanes, got to like hide my face from my teammates <laughs> to not get embarrassed. Uh, but moved to awe by just the glory of God and, and who he is. So, yeah, man, uh, I love that you immediately went in this direction um, because, man, this this might be a hot take. Maybe it's not. But it's like <laughs> I really think that for believers, the fear of God might actually be one of the most natural reactions mm. to him um, because as we talk about, like you're saying, like fear of God equals all, right? Mm -hmm. Like or or that's a reaction to fearing him right like yeah. seeing his greatness in creation or the things around you like how many people like naturally as you stand under the expanse of the stars mm -hmm. or as you look out to the ocean or as you stand on a mountain right are just like completely caught in wonder at the things that you see right and it's like all of that is just a summarizing picture of mm. the one who who tied it all together really and good. who created it all right really good. Uh, i i love uh charles spurgeon and i was recently gifted with an encyclopedia of of his works and so i as we were preparing for this podcast i went and started reading on on uh what his take kind of was on the fear of god and i'm just gonna read this real quick if that's yeah, cool go ahead. Uh, so he said he says what is this fear of god I answer, firstly, it is a sense of awe of his greatness. Have you never felt this sacred awe stealing insensibly over your spirit, hushing and calming you and bowing you down before the Lord? It will come, sometimes in the consideration of the great works of nature, gazing upon the vast expanse of waters, looking up to the innumerable stars, examining the wing of an insect and seeing there the matchless skill of God displayed in the minute. Or even standing in a thunderstorm, watching as best you can the flashes of lightning and listening to the thunder of Jehovah's voice, have you not often shrunk into yourself and said, Great God, how terrible art thou, mm. not afraid, but full of delight, 
Like a child who rejoices to see his father's wealth, his father's wisdom, his father's power, happy and at home, but feeling oh so little. And it's like, bro, like, again, like, if you, if you know who God is and you know him to be creator and then you see all these things, it's not even like the big things. Like what you said, like the, the wing of an insect, yeah, right? Like right. it's the little like minute things. Mm-hmm. Like even earlier we said like a blade of grass. Yeah. Like, bro, grass is crazy, bro. Like <laughs> you know, all this little green flowers thing that like it's got roots growing in the ground that it brings out nutrients and whatnot, mm-hmm. right? Like it really is. Everything has such a divine creation yeah, bro, like, and divine purpose yeah, uh, that like, it serves. Exactly. And it points to a divine, perfect God exactly. um, who binds everything together in his will. Exactly. And even for the unbeliever, like I think there's yeah, still that that, uh, that awestruck feeling when you see these great things. Um, and I think it's just like there is something natural to the fear of God in humanity mm-hmm. right in those who are images of god um that there's like this natural understanding of there being something far greater than mm-hmm. themselves yeah. and and thus a fear of or yeah. a, you know an all that right. great thing yeah and i think it's really tough for me to even like see how somebody could look at these great things like the ocean or the forest or the grand canyon or even like we said the little minute things and not be pointed to a creator and be completely captured even if you like you don't believe in god at this very moment but like looking at these things and knowing that there's a god Mm -hmm. that holds all this together that created all these things like you don't look at a, a table and just think that the table just got there. Like yeah. the table has to have a designer, it has to have a builder. Um, and just like everything else in this world is there has to be a creator. There has to be a God that uh, has done all this. And once you, like the good news is that you get to like actually know this God um, and have a relationship with them. It's not just this far out being that it's like, oh yeah, thanks for creating this for all this. Mm-hmm. It's actually like you get to walk with him yeah. through life and know him. And, and that's like, even even better news is like that's god's deepest desire is to know us and have us know him is like god's deepest desire is number one delight is for mm-hmm. us to know him and for him to know us which he already knows us but um yeah that is uh it's just crazy to me that you can look at those things um or he separates our time and like this one man like a rest on mm our time rest on this one man everything is filtered through this one man of jesus christ yeah and you can look at all these things and just be like no like i'm good or i don't want it yeah. um it's just wild to me as well but so i'm gonna i'm gonna flip the script here because i know this is your pod but i gotta ask yeah. a question uh is fear just like is the fear of god in context can it just be, can it be replaced by the word awe or like reverence or like wonder of who God is because he's creator? Mm. Um, or like, is it, is there more to it than that? Like, what is it actually, what does that word actually mean in context and in relation to God? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I would say that the word fear in the context of fear of the Lord is as we've already kind of talked about, it's a reverence, right? It's not a, ah, I'm, I'm scared of you, God. Like, it's a, wow, like, you're so glorious. Like, John, John Piper's definition. Yeah. It's like a perfect definition to me. Seeing God for who he is, so powerful and so holy, so worthy that you wouldn't dare run away from him. And so it's holding this reverence and beholding God above all other things. Like, that's the fear and, like, having this awe of him. But it's also, I would flip it out the word fear for no and like to know god is to fear god and i don't actually think that you can walk with jesus and walk with god throughout life and follow him and follow his ways without knowing him Mm -hmm. and you can't know god without fearing him and you can't fear god without knowing him Mm -hmm. so it's really a a hand-in-hand thing for me um but yeah that's that would be my two-part definition would be of fear of God is completely captured by his awe, or completely in awe of who he is and knowing him. Yeah. And that 
means completely surrendering to him and who he is and walking with him in his ways. Yeah, yeah. And so I think like we we come to a fear of God through the knowledge of who he is Mm -hmm. ultimately through relationship, right? We we come to a knowledge of who he is through the things that we see with our eyes, right? And I think we innately fear him because of that. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a deeper more binding level of fear that occurs uh, when we come into a knowledge of who he is truly through relationship because we begin to see his great love for us. Right. Right. And I think that's the thing that Piper is honing in on when he says that, Mm -hmm. that we fear going away from him. Right. Is right. Like it's, it's the, like Spurgeon, kind of points at it like this this father child yeah. relationship right. where it's like you know your father's love for you yeah. if you have a really great father and this is a you know this is confined by morality and sin and, and human failing but sure. if you have a really great father like you you know his love for you yeah. and like his sacrifice for you and your family and yeah. there's so much about him that you respect and you want to grow up to be like right and so yeah. it's like when we come to a knowledge of who God is through relationship, we fall deeply in love with him. But like he, he already loved us mm-hmm. first, right? And it's a it's a it's a massive, massive, like crushing love almost, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's really good. And it and it keeps us bound to him, right? Yeah. Like like we don't wanna we don't wanna go outside of yeah. that love. Like we never wanna not feel it or not mm-hmm. experience it or not have it anymore yeah. so we we stay ever so close mm-hmm. and you know like cling yeah. to that and i kind of want to use that to lead into this next idea um is and it's a quote by erwin Raphael mcmanus he's a pastor in i think los angeles but california nonetheless and he had he he said this he said whatever you fear holds mastery over your life. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of talking about this in a, in a different context, but also related to fearing God. Yeah. Um, so I took it and I was like, so if whatever you fear holds mastery over your life, therefore fear, fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because as John or first John talks about, it says that God's perfect love cast out all fear. Yeah. So if you only fear God, then God is your only master. And, Literally every other fear in your life, whether that be failure, abandonment, like mm-hmm. all these different things that we fear, um, they use their evil fear yeah. to hold you captive. But First John four eighteen, perfect love casts out all fear. So when we fear God, everything is a footnote to Him. Everything is beneath Him. So He destroys all other fears and ultimately sets us free. Mm-hmm. So this fear of God is like it's not a binding fear. It's not a dictatorship. It's a freeing fear. It's like, dude, if, if I know God, if I have a relationship with God and I'm in awe of him, like what else matters? Like right. everything is a footnote right. because I know the creator. I know that I'm bought with a high price yeah. and I fear him. I have a relationship with this. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good, man. Really. Yeah. And I think that, that as we come into a knowledge of who God is and, and we begin to know and feel and experience his great love for us, right? Um, we thus fear him for his love and, and goodness towards us and because of the things we see in creation around us, right? Um, but I also think that we wisely fear him for his sovereignty, mm-hmm. right? So I want to bring out two passages. The first is super like, cliche and like used everywhere but but it's needed yeah proverbs 9 10 right fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom Mm. right if you fear the lord and then you have wisdom right Right. like what does that look like and i want to point to another place the story of job right Mm -hmm. uh i'm not gonna read the whole thing but (laughs) someone everyone if if you haven't (laughs) if you haven't haven't read the story of job pause the podcast right now and just go read the story of Job. What is it? Chapter like thirty. What is all read the whole thing. Yeah, read but, the thing. But, but I'm gonna focus specifically yeah, on. Lucas will read it. Thirty-eight. To, read it. To forty-two. Right. So like you've got Job, who is this God-fearing man who, mm-hmm. 
you know, Satan asks the Lord to essentially test that right. he would, whether or not he really fears the Lord. Yeah. Anyways, Job essentially has everything stripped from him and then comes to this place where his buddies are kind of backing out on him and, and he just begins to question the Lord and, and God then responds to him with these like wild statements. Um, like he starts out, he's like, get ready to answer me like a man. Like when I question you, you will answer me, right? And he says things like, who enclosed the sea behind doors when it burst forth mm. from its womb? Mm. Right? Like, have you ever in your life commanded the morning or assigned the dawn in its place? Mm. Do you, do you know where the mountain goats give birth? Because I do, right? <laughs> like, and he goes on to say, like, do you tell the lightning where to strike? And do you not know that I, that I store up hail in a silo mm. in case it needs to be used for war? <laughs> wow, bro. Right. Uh, and so he, like God essentially begins to lay out his sovereignty before Job, mm -hmm. right? Sovereignty being, um, knowledge of omnitip, om, omnitip, wow, omnipresence. No. Omnipotence. Omnipotence. Yeah, thank Jeez. you. Bro. I couldn't say that. Uh, omnipotence and omniscience, right? Mm -hmm. All powerful and all knowing, right? Yeah. Being in control of all things and knowing all things, right? Mm -hmm. uh, through these questions. And then, so at the end of this in Job 42, Job responds uh, and he says, I know that you can do anything and no plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, mm -hmm. who is this who conceals my counsel with ignorance? Surely I spoke about things that I did not understand, things too wondrous for me to know. You said, listen out, and I will speak. When I question you, you will inform me. I had heard reports about you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I reject my words and I'm sorry for them. I am dust and ashes. Right. So it's like that last part right there, right? Like I had heard about you, but now my eyes have seen you, right? Now I know your sovereignty and I am dust and ashes, wow. right? It's, it's a knowledge of the sovereignty of God, right? That leads us to fear him, right? Again, through, through relationship, right? This is God having conversation with Job, <laughs> yeah. right? Explaining to him who he is, right? Um, through relationship, we have the knowledge of his, his love and his sovereignty, mm -hmm. right? Which puts us in a place of fear of him, not wanting to lose or step away from his love. Yeah. Uh, and also knowing that he holds all the universe in the palm of his yeah. hand. Uh, and thus we become wise because we then see all things as they are meant to be, right? Yeah. We become super low yeah. and God becomes God. great yeah. in our eyes. And then our lives are like, like everything's like lined, lined up, up, right? Because yeah, you like, have your, your, yeah. your priorities straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But, and that sounds so cliche and such a worldly nah, thing is yeah. like, oh, I'm going to get my priorities straight before I do all this. But like, really, when you behold God above all these other things yeah. and like everything tends to fall into place. And I don't think that you can truly fear God without first, like Job's talking about, first realizing how broken and sinful we mm -hmm. are and really like how <laughs> beneath God we are because of his glory. Um, and that's really just where the gospel comes in. But fearing God. So we talked about Proverbs nine ten, yeah. and it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of beginning of wisdom. But Proverbs eight thirteen actually says that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Mm -hmm. So really to hate evil in your evil ways and anything that goes against the will of God, that is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that's just, again, acknowledging our brokenness and our sinfulness and our separation from God and hating those things and yeah. turning in like turning our ways towards Jesus and following his ways. And man, like these are countercultural, they're counterintuitive. Like yeah. they're against culture, they're against yourself and it's hard. Yeah. Uh, but to hate those things, to hate sin, just like God hates sin, yeah. um, is actually the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of fearing the Lord yeah. and acknowledging your sinfulness and your brokenness relates to the gospel. And if we weren't going to tie the gospel into any of this, then all of this is in vain. Um, so really quick, just to tie in the gospel, uh, and the story of Jesus and all of this is like in Matthew 13, 1344, uh, it's a story kind of a parable ish, mm -hmm. uh, but short parable, like 
two, three verses. Yeah. And it talks about a man who's in a field and he discovers this treasure, right? And once he discovers this treasure, he goes back and he sells absolute everything he has so that he can buy this field so he can behold and obtain this treasure like he sells everything that he already has in his possession whether that be a lot or be a little mm -hmm. and he sells it so that he can buy this field and he doesn't just want the field but he wants the treasure and he couldn't get the treasure unless he buys the field right and that is like the same way that we must live our lives in surrenderance to god yeah is beholding god as this treasure and like jesus is the treasure he, he's, he's worth everything so i don't know if god's going to tell you to go sell all your belongings and follow him like of course in a figurative way like hmm. man count everything as nothing and follow jesus yeah. and he might tell you to sell everything and follow him uh but in this figurative way like count everything as nothing to obtain and behold this treasure and here's the good thing is the gospel tells us that this be tr this treasure that we behold and we obtain and sell everything and count everything as nothing for has actually already bought us mm -hmm. so as we're obtaining this treasure and, and and getting rid of everything so that we can follow jesus mm -hmm. jesus has already bought us with the with the highest price of his blood he's already died for it for us so that we can be his so that we can be in relationship with him mm -hmm. so that we can know him so the good thing about this treasure that we so highly behold yeah. it already owns us like it already it already chooses us it already knows us before we ever even discovered it or knew it yeah. so that is like the ultimate gospel and like he's so worthy of our surrender and it's not just surrender that we we tend to be stuck in be stuck in our ways in this go 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 of life and everything's going good and so we don't really think about it but oh just hit rock bottom oh, fine god like now i'll surrender to you like i have nothing like surrender when we're low yeah yeah because it's easy. surrendering when you're low but yeah. we actually have to shift our mindset and live with this voluntary surrender of god no matter what i'm going through no matter how low or how high or how in between how caught in this repetitiveness of life that i'm in i'm going to surrender every aspect to you because you're worthy of it you deserve it and do all things to your glory yeah yeah no it's really good bro yeah so and yeah you know we fear god because we know him, we know his love for us, mm -hmm. we know his sovereignty. And then the outworking of that fear is is this lifelong, no matter what the case, mm -hmm. surrender yeah. to him. And it's not a one-time surrender. It's yeah. an everyday getting up, I surrender to you, God. Yeah. And it's not like, okay, I surrendered yesterday, so I don't have to surrender today. Or, mm -hmm. oh, God showed me this, so I fear him now, mm -hmm. today. It's like a, man, every single day, Yeah. surrender to God, give up like my desires my passions my flesh like for him because he's worthy of it yeah and it's not a like belligerent grumbling mm. surrender nope it is That's a good. joyful delighted mm. surrender That's i love good. uh the apostle paul says in two places in philippians mm. um, the latter he says uh i count everything else as loss for the surpassing worth of knowing christ yeah. jesus my lord right it's like Everything that he owns is garbage. Actually, mm -hmm. in some versions it literally says like poop, like <laughs> garbage, right? Uh, every, everything is garbage and in respect to knowing Christ, right? And again, that's wisdom of the fear of God. It's yep. like exalting him in his proper standing and understanding that he is the far greater treasure than everything else. Yep. And he's the one to be pursued, right? And then the other place he says in Philippians 2, uh, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Oh, die is gain. Right? Essentially, he takes a scale and he throws everything that he's ever experienced, everything that he's ever had, everything he has now and all that he's living out, and then everything that he might be able to gain in the future. Uh, and even, like, in this standpoint, he was a he was an apostle. Like, he believed in Christ. He was going about uh, establishing churches. But it's like... He was the Jew of Jews. Potential, right, yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it, before coming to Christ, like, he was the Jew of Jews. Like, he was a student of Gilmeau or whatever. Five paper checked off every yeah, box. Yeah, like, dude right. was the man. And even in the Roman culture, he was a Roman citizen, yeah. which means he would have been highly respected, right? There was right. an incident where him and, I think, Barnabas are in, in jail. And uh, Roman, like, centurions come and get them out and walk them out because they found out that they were Roman citizens, right? <laughs> so it's like there's this respect to be to be gleaned from that. But even he, I think he looks, uh, 
and this is all subliminal, right? It's like, it's not on paper, but it's like, he looks at what he could have if he was to yeah. even leave the faith and, and what could he gain in the world, mm -hmm. right? And he, he puts that all up on a on one side of the scale mm -hmm. and then he just sets Christ on the other. Yeah. And all of those things shoot off into the mm -hmm. eternity of space because of the great weight of who Christ is, right? Like there is a far greater, again, the man in the, in, who sells all things for the treasure yeah. in the field, there's a far greater, far more weighty, far more worthy treasure mm -hmm to be had in the person of Christ than there is in everything else. And so it's like, what, what you'd be a fool to not surrender, yeah. you yeah. know, like right. it is, it is wisdom yeah. thus to surrender yeah. uh, because it's the better thing. Yeah. And when you, when you know Christ and when you know God and his goodness, like you realize the glory of that, um, the glory of who he is. So I want to kind of expand on this word of to know God. Yeah. Um, and, I was just listening to this thing by Circuit Riders podcast. Yeah. Um, I forget who was speaking, but he basically was explaining this thing. And so in the we're we're in the Western world where much of our culture and everything else is influenced by Greek uh, teachings and Greek culture. Like our Western culture is influenced by Greek culture, and in the Greek culture, the the phrase to know meant that basically if I gave you a test and you were able to answer every question and get an A on the test, that means that meant that you, you knew the material or the topic or the subject. But in the context of where Jesus lived or the disciples and everybody, it was Hebrew culture. And in Hebrew culture, to know, the, the phrase to know actually meant that you lived it, like you walked it out. So relating that to like our, our walk with Christ, like it's not just a, a head knowledge mm -hmm. of, okay, I know who God is and I took this test and I got an A on it. So now I'm going to go live the way I want to live. But it's actually a heart knowledge of man, like I know who God is and I know that he's far more worthy than mm -hmm. anything else in this world and anything else that I have that I behold him so high that I surrender my whole life to him mm -hmm. and actually live and walk out what I believe, what I preach, what I, what I know, like knowing him is to live it out and walk it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I love like, it's funny coming back to the, the I fear God homie statement, <laughs> right? It's like, fear God, homie. it's like, man, you know, I think that he probably said that more jokingly than anything. Yeah. And, but it's, and I think you started this by saying that this is maybe a more nuanced topic in our culture, right? The American yeah. church and whatnot, but like ancient Israelites would have made statements such as I fear the Lord mm -hmm. with great power yeah. because it's like, like there's somewhere like in Matthew where, you know, uh, he's talking about how the Lord's talking, telling the disciples that persecution will come and whatnot. Yeah. And he's like, uh, why would you fear those who can only mm. harm your body when like there's one who can throw both body yeah. and soul into yeah. hell or something? Right. I'm probably butchering, butchering that, but it's like to, to make that statement of like, I fear God is like a super powerful statement. As we talk about surrender, it's like, like it's such a, it's like a steady way of life. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like there is one God who is holy, right? right? Like he is singular and I follow him and him alone. Right. And so everything else in my life comes under kingship and, and yeah, ownership of, of this God that I follow, uh, and fear. Right. And so it's like, you, like who can, who can touch yeah. me? Like who's, Whose thoughts matter, but the Lord's, yeah, right? Like good. whose whose opinions of me or or whose identity castment on me matters, but the yeah, Lord alone, yeah, you know, for sure. Uh, and we definitely live in a society in an age where, mm -hmm. like, let alone no one wants to surrender to, yeah, anything, but yeah. especially like a God that's in their eyes, quote unquote, going to dictate. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's really, like I said earlier, it's not a dictatorship. It's a relationship and, yeah. and it's a knowing him. Yeah. And when you know, like the value of God and in his worthiness, like it's not a legalism thing yeah. uh, doing X, Y, and Z. And, and people think that like already view Christianity with the stereotype of like all these rules I have to follow. Yeah. 
Um, and we'll get into that on a different episode and just debunking the legalism <laughs> of Christianity because it's really not that at all. Yeah. Um, so it's not like, oh, fearing the Lord is just nothing I have to do. Like, of course I don't want to do that. Uh, but to follow God means to fear him and like to know him. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this example of Paul, but I actually want to go back to the gospel yeah. and talk about this example of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the really cool thing and like praise God for this, uh, about Jesus is not just as Jesus is an incarnation of God in mm-hmm. human flesh that came to meet us where we're at. Um, he became like us to save us from our sins. He didn't just come to teach us and tell us about these things in these ways. Jesus actually walked out these things in these ways to give us an example of how to live. And it can get a little bit confusing. We could talk about the Trinity again on a different episode um, because it's like, okay, well, if Jesus is God, then is he really surrendering to God because he's God, right? But (laughs) Jesus lives this perfect example of the surrenderance to the Father. And goes as far as to willingly go up on a rugged cross which is by far the best love story ever written uh and ever like not even just written but like that has ever happened like it ain't no story like this is real (laughs) real life but like in delighting in the fear of the lord like Mm -hmm. jesus willingly willingly went up on the cross because god told him to to die for the sins of you and me and all of humanity and shed his blood so that we might know him and be able to fear him or like we're talking about to know him. Yeah. Uh, so that is the greatest example, the prime example of fearing God and delighting in that fear yeah. and counting everything else as worthless. Yeah. Like how easily could have Jesus been like, like I'm getting down off this cross. Like, of sure. course, like, or when, when they're challenging him, he could have just done it and be like, see, I can do it now. Put me back and yeah. like, I'll, now I'll go die. But no, like he lives with this humbleness and this meekness and the surrenderance to God yeah. and delighting in it. Yeah. Like that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. As we talked earlier about, you know, the, the fear of God is a knowledge of his sovereignty or we fear God because we know his sovereignty, yeah. right? It's like, did not Jesus, the son know the sovereignty mm, of the father, it's good. right? As he marched up the hill of Calvary, <laughs> right? Yeah, With bro. great boldness to the cross, uh, and, and, and called out in definitive victory, it is finished, right? As he sat in the garden beforehand saying, Father, not my will, but yours be done, right? Yep. He was perfectly submitted to the will of the Father, mm. which is a mark. Even if it's never stated, it's a mark of the fear of God, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's a mark of the Father, of, of the Son fearing submitting. the Father, submitting to him because he knows of his great sovereignty yeah, really good. that his will will be done. Yeah. That's really, really good. Um, and as we touched on a little bit earlier, but I want to revisit it uh, now, is just this sense of a daily surrender. Mm. Um, and it's not so much uh, like like I said, okay, surrender to God, said my prayer, I'm saved, Yeah. get out a hell-free card. Yeah. It's a every day waking up, denying my flesh, denying myself, putting aside my desires to take up my cross and choose to follow Jesus over myself every day and holding God higher than anything else uh, in this life. And like that, that is like what it's all about ultimately. And so many times I think that we go astray from this Hmm. and (laughs) it's actually a really beautiful thing because I think that one of the most loving things that God can do is actually give us this free will um, just so that we can go and try to do it our own way and figure things out in our own strength without the surrender of Christ. And what does God do? He, he lets us go astray. Um, and that's actually probably the most loving thing he can do because this free will actually give us, gives us a choice mm-hmm. to have a relationship with him, gives us a choice to surrender with him. So it's genuine and it's real and it's, and it's love. Like mm-hmm. that's what it is. And, prodigal son like we go and we try to do it our own way and like i talked about earlier we then come back empty yeah and it's like well god like couldn't do it my own way so i guess i'm just going to trust you now like and of course god has every right to like push us away because we try to do it our own way and just because we're at our lowest like Mm -hmm. we're coming back to him now but that's not actually what god does god waits for us with open arms and it's just like this 
I used this analogy earlier when we were filming and <laughs> wasn't actually filming, but it's like an air vent, right? So yeah. you're you're sitting you're sitting inside on a on a freezing winter day, maybe like ten inches of snow. We live in North Carolina, so we don't ten, really do never that. Adam. So I don't know where you live, but <laughs> uh, neither do I want to know. But <laughs> you you got ten inches of snow on the ground. It's it's negative four degrees. Like just picture this, oh, dear, and bro. you have your your heat on, right? And your heat is connected to the furnace, right? And you're sitting in a room all bundled up, and you're still freezing because your air vent is that is actually closed and this heat and this warmth is just circulating being held back by the withstanding of the the vent pushing it back and not letting it come in but as soon as you open your air vent as soon as you open your heart vent this warmth and this love that's connected to the furnace of god actually comes rushing in ready to warm you up so this is exactly what god does as we come back to him and say like, God, I don't have anything left. God has his arms open and says, like, I've been expecting you. And he closes with righteousness and his love and his yeah. blood and, and, and calls us his own, calls us mine. Um, so open your heart, Vince. So, so many times, like, the, the biggest delight of God, well, not even so many times, but, like, the biggest delight of God is to know us. And it's us withstanding that with our own, like, cut off, like, mindset and heart, like, to push him away like he's the one waiting for us with open arms uh, and ready to give us everything that we need he's a merciful father bro. amen yeah it's good turn the heat on man turn the heat on <laughs> open don't your act. heart vent oh actually it's it's warm in here yeah it's it's hot <laughs> sweating talking about it no, but <laughs> <laughs> to wrap all this up i kind of just want to talk about the practical practical ways to live this out in our 2022 view of it uh and what does it really look like in our in our day in our man in the middle life mm -hmm. to fear god to know him so lucas as he talked about man like so many times we're walking in a blessing right for sure and i know for me like i'm walking in so many things that i've prayed for and god has blessed me with um and it's so easy to just get caught up in the blessing that we're living in the everyday hustle of life um to forget who actually gave us that blessing mm -hmm. um so for lucas walking in this amazing blessing for of sure. not only who he is but the life that god has blessed him with and the amazing wife mm -hmm. and maddie larson mm -hmm. uh one of my best friends um but a true blessing to our whole family this so this amazing blessing of maddie and this healthy family and beautiful dog and piper Excellent. and cute home and amazing job yeah. like yeah all the blessings of, of income and, and everything like not even gassing him up but like he's just walking in this such such a big blessing mm -hmm. so what does it look like in your everyday life um to surrender to god to fear god in the workplace as a husband as a friend as a brother as a son like, yeah. what does that look like yeah man um you know i didn't i didn't mention this when we filmed this the first time <laughs> this, this the run bit. um but i um i would be remiss to not have hmm. uh i think it starts in and of myself individually as a man hmm. um casting off my flesh at the foot of Christ yeah. uh, and giving him my life yeah. uh, to lay down in humility like Job and know that my days are numbered uh, to know that I'm dust and ashes and will return to the ground and I know that sounds sort of like maybe morbid or dark but it's like or it might even sound cliche and sure like, okay you're just saying that Lucas yeah but. sure but but I think it has outworking in that I that I have to start there with myself mm -hmm. because then i say i want to fear god in my marriage right i want to i want to be a husband who fears the lord mm -hmm. and so it's like how do i walk that out right, right. well man truly i, I want to be a servant mm -hmm. to maddie and everything i want to love her deeply i want to honor her and respect her which means giving her my ear right, right. listening to her when she That's has good. things to say uh it means giving her my time right 
being willing to, to give up other things so that I might spend quality time with her. Uh, it means being supportive of her and the things that she wants to chase after and the dreams right. that the Lord has placed on her heart. Uh, and I think that it, it means ultimately placing Christ at the center of our marriage, yeah, right? Like I want to exalt him to his proper place and on the throne of our marriage. Uh, and so, man, we've, we've really just tried in a few simple ways, uh, to say, number one, like we're going to be committed to a local body, mm-hmm. uh, of believers, right. In a local church, uh, which we've been graced by and really mm-hmm. love vertical life. Uh, we're going to be committed to that body. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, we want to be able to, to get plugged in and, uh, do high school ministry up there. That's um, cool. And then, you know, we also want to have a time for, for study and for learning and for sharpening one another. I think that man and wife should be, husband and wife should be the greatest disciples of each other. Mm, of anyone good. else in, in your life, that's I think really your your husband should be your greatest disciple. Sorry. Yeah. And your wife should be your greatest disciple. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, and marriage is actually a perfect picture of union with mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. So this picture of husband and wife tying the knot and living in complete surrenderance and servanthood to one another is actually just as much a picture of Jesus in the church yeah. and Christ. Yeah. Don't get me started on the beauty of that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man. So, so I, so then we have our time of study and discipleship and that's on Monday nights. We, we jump into a video from the Bible project and then into the, an article in the word and, and we just seek to sharpen each other together. And that leads into conversation throughout the week, which is really cool. Uh, and then thirdly, we, we plug into to community. Uh, we have a community group that we've been a part of uh, every week for the past couple of weeks. On, we meet on Wednesday nights and we have a share a meal together and then uh, dive into the word together, which is super dope. Uh, and then I think, you know, secondarily, the other part of my life is, you know, work. And so mm-hmm. it's funny, I was on the phone with you the other day and I was like, thinking about the you know the idea of the man in the middle and, and I was just and, and fearing the Lord and I was praying and I was just you know like it was just making me like rethink about it like mm-hmm. maybe it's something I lost sight of is like what does it look like to fear God in my workplace and the first thing that came to mind was like everything that you do honor him yeah right and it's like man that my work would be done with great honor towards the Lord what does that look like mm-hmm. it means literally being the best yeah. yeah, being the best yeah. at your workplace yeah. good. for the glory of God. It matters, like heart heart motivation matters. Like I don't want to just be the best so that people will praise me, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to be the best because I want to work as unto the Lord and not for man, right? Yeah. And so I do things faster than, or try to. I don't because there's another guy there who's real smart. <laughs> but I try to do things faster than anyone else. I try to do things more like meticulously and detailed than anyone else, right? Uh, and I want to do that because I want to glorify mm-hmm. and I, I try to be diligent with my time. Like I don't want to be lazy or slacking off. Right. That's good. Uh, and then I think additionally in the workplace, like I want to be a light, yeah. right? Like I want to be like Christ in the workplace and I want to be bold with the gospel. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, man, I think those are probably the two primary ways for me, uh, in this season of life yeah. that, that, um, that the fear of the Lord is outworking in my yeah. life. That's good. But I'm not going to be hanging here on a limb. I want to flip the question and, <laughs> and ask you the same, bro. Like, uh, you know, as like you said, brother and son and student at UNC Charlotte and, and teammate, right, on the basketball team at UNC Charlotte uh, and a part of, you know, campus ministry group with uh, Ignite. Like, what is it? What is your day-to-day practical outworking of, yeah. like, what? how does the fear of the Lord outwork in your life? Yeah. Um, for me, I just think kind of what you were talking about, but operating from a glory of God kind of mindset. Mm. And to operate from a glory of God kind of mindset, like to do all things for his glory, is not just glory doesn't glory of God doesn't equal greatness. Like of course God is great, God is powerful, yeah. He's higher than all other things. But to do things for the glory of God actually means to do things because of the goodness not necessarily the greatness of god Mm -hmm. so the goodness that god has showed me and given me all these things all these blessings this life another day to wake up another 24 hours um and 
the greatest gift of giving his son Jesus to die on the cross for me is the greatest reason to do all things to uplift and, and behold and do things for the glory of him. So mm-hmm. whether that be working hard or like doing things diligently or with great joy and passion. Mm-hmm. So when you're in this place of we live in a very anxious world, a very depressed world and man, like I'm supposed to be different. I'm supposed to be the joy. I'm supposed to give hope uh, for the hopeless. Like yeah. Jesus through me, I mean, in complete surrender, right? sure, that's not sure. me, me alone in my own strength, but to do things to, to be a light um, that, that God has placed on my life. And also for me is, is like just living in every aspect, filling my life with Jesus. And whether that be my car rides or walking around campus, like filling it with like worship music or a message or just like prayer, like filling my, my life and every aspect of it with Jesus. Um, and that like really bro, like, especially in the workplace or whatever you do, school work, I don't know. We all, again, we all have our thing. Um, but a lot of times we're going to be the only Mm. church service a person has gone to. We're going to be the only sermon a person has heard. We're going to be the only worship song. Like Mm -hmm. we're going to, we're, we're that like we, as, as we are now bought into the union of Jesus with the blood of, of, of him, like we are now like to bear this light and, and to be a witness of his word. Like a lot of people aren't going to read the Bible, but like, you be the Bible to them. Like you be the picture of Jesus. Like, so with that motivation of operating of complete surrenderance, um, but also being Jesus to somebody, being a light to somebody is definitely like my motivation. And just like, you're supposed to be different and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be out of the ordinary. People are going to think you're weird. Um, but be weird. Like, (laughs) like let it, let it be Christ. You fear God. Yeah. You fear God. (laughs) No, but like it is no longer I who lives, but Christ yeah. who lives in me. So letting Christ live through me in every aspect, in every area of my life, wherever I am, and being the same person, like walking how you talk, um, and talking how you walk, really. Um, but yeah, that would be my extended version of the explanation, without too many like specifics. But That's it's cool. really just a mindset and a heart posture. Yeah, but awesome. man, as we're as we're wrapping this up, has been. A complete pleasure. Yeah, it's been brother. Love you, man. Love you, dog. This has been super exciting for yeah. me. And we're thankful for you guys, uh, everybody listening. This has been awesome. This is definitely on the longer side. Um, but you guys are loved. You guys are, are chosen. And we're so thankful for you listening and tuning in. And we'll be back next week, or I'll be back next week, one of the two. Uh, so go follow man in the middle dot podcast on instagram for all the updates and everything like that so man thank you guys so much for listening uh we'll see you next week i'm out Mm -hmm.